situated here for a minute. <laughs> see, there you go. I got this clicker. All right, now I'm all set up. Here we go. <laughs> well, uh, it's great to be here. Um, I want to thank you and the elders for giving me an opportunity to speak in front of you this morning. Um, first lesson, so give this a shot. Um, uh, well, the 4th of July is today, and uh, it's about how the U.S. commemorates the adoption of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, and how we became a country, and it gave us all independence and freedoms. But I think that sometimes we as Christians place too much importance on all the freedoms that we have today in the U.S. We need to understand that the difference between, there's a difference between the freedoms that we have in America and the freedoms that we have in Christ. Today, I would like to initially focus on the contrast between some American freedoms compared to God's law, and then touch on five spiritual freedoms that we have today in Christ. We have some wonderful American freedoms today as people, and we have some like the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, and the freedom to petition the government. So let's take a quick look at these and compare them to God's law. I think it's the right one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> First is the freedom of religion. This is an American freedom that we have, and this means that we are allowed to practice any religion or exercise one's belief without intervention by the government. In some countries, this isn't the case. If you were to assemble and or confess Jesus, then you would be jailed or even killed. As a Christian, this freedom that we have is a blessing. This means that we as followers of Christ can serve God and assemble on Sundays as commanded. We can come together without fear of the government stopping our assembly. This also means if a group wants to come together and worship Buddha, Muhammad, or even Satan, they can. And it is a protected assembly by the government. We must ask ourselves, though, what does God say about this? If you would, please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. It reads, There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Here we see that God tells us that we are just not to practice any religion, nor are we just to have any belief system. He tells us very clearly that there is only one faith. There is only one body that we are to be a part of. There is only one baptism granting you access to the one God. So, our freedom of religion grants us a broad-brushed ability to worship whoever and whatever we want. But God is very specific in who we are to serve. We as Christians should thank God. We live in a country where we are able to 
worship the one and true living God without interference of our government. We should also be super cautious to not misuse this freedom in a way that contradicts God's law. Now let's look at the freedom of speech. The freedom of speech is a right that supports the freedom of an individual or a community to articulate their opinions and ideas without fear of retaliation, censorship, or legal sanction. This too is a great freedom that we have as citizens of this great country. It allows us to speak out against being wronged and or stand up for our right to assemble and serve God. However, the freedom of speech also allows people to verbally tear others down. It allows people to lie without recourse. It allows people to use bad language. And it allows people to disrespect our God. But what does God say about our speech? Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 through 37. Matthew 12, 36 through 37. Matthew 12, 36 through 37. It reads, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Here we see that God is going to take into every careless word that we speak, and he is going to judge us by our words. But it also says that we can be justified by our words. We can see this in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, how we are to speak. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. It reads, Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. God tells us to always show divine grace and kindness in our speech and to always add value to the conversation. But when we, when we compare our American freedom of speech to what God says, it's very clear. We do not have the freedom to do whatever we want or say however we want or do whatever we want. We are to be very wise in the words that we choose because we will be judged by them in the very end. Let's look at another American freedom that we have. The third freedom that we have, I would like to contrast, is the freedom to petition the government. The petition section of the First Amendment, also commonly referred to as the Petition Clause, states that people have the right to appeal to the government in favor of or against policies that affect them or in which they feel strongly. This, this freedom uh, has brought about many changes to our great country over the years, some good and some bad. The key piece to this is that we as citizens can petition to change laws that we feel strongly about. This petition is based off of my opinion or a group of other people's opinions and the desire for everyone to be governed by that certain opinion. Plus, this petition is made to politicians that have their own agenda, and those politicians 
change on a regular basis. But how does this compare to Jesus and his word? First, Jesus and his values never change, unlike our government. Please turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It reads, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Second, God also tells us that we are not able to govern ourselves. Please turn to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. It reads, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. We need to realize our freedom to petition the government is both available to the godly and the ungodly. This is why today we have laws now that allow same-sex marriage and other ungodly things. However, we can find comfort in knowing that God is perfect and his law is perfect and unchangeable by man. But now that we have looked at American freedoms versus God's perspective on those topics, we, we start to see a common thread. The American freedoms we have give both the godly and the ungodly the same voice in our land. But in most cases, the ungodly have a louder voice. So let's now focus being a more spiritually free. What does it mean when we say that Jesus set us free? Well, we can understand that Jesus was not setting us free so we can do whatever we wanted. He was liberating us to walk in a relationship with God and to be the kind of people that he created us to be. He gave us the ability to obey God, and choose his will for our lives. So let's look at those spiritual freedoms that we all have in Christ today. First is the freedom from guilt. Please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It reads, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Here we see that if we are baptized in Jesus, then we are free of condemnation. He has granted us cleansing through Jesus' blood and grace. Second is the freedom from disappointment. Please turn over to Romans chapter 10, verse 11. Just flip over a few pages. Romans 10, verse 11. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. It reads, For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. So, if we believe in Jesus, then we will be free of disappointment because we know that he is faithful. And he will give us a home in eternity with him.
Next is the freedom from God's wrath. Please turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9. It reads, For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are free of the fear of death because Jesus grants us life and immortality. We can be confident in our passing from this life, and we know that we have a better life waiting for us with God. Lastly, is the freedom from bondage to sin. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Romans 6, verse 14. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. It reads, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. In Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin, but free of its bondage. We are granted grace through Jesus Christ. But why are these freedoms in Christ so important anyway? Well, first it increases your capacity through Jesus to have love, joy, and peace as a Christian. It grants us the ability to not only to focus on the world, but to focus on God's will because we know that he is faithful. And it grants us the ability to work through the darkest of days with both a purpose and hope. So how do we apply this lesson? Well, first we should understand that the spiritual freedoms that we have are far more important than the American freedoms in this world. And we should never misuse our American freedoms to try to justify the sins that we have. Spiritual freedoms are absolute and backed by God, while American freedoms are written by men and can change. The American freedoms that we also have end at death, but these, these spiritual freedoms that we have are for eternity. If our American freedoms end at death, and James chapter 4 verse 14 says, life is but a vapor, it only makes sense for us to live and strive for the freedoms in Christ. If your focus has not been on Christ and the freedom that he offers, you must change. If you have fallen away, then you must come back to him. If you have not been baptized, then you are still a slave to sin. Please come and be free of sin and put Christ on in baptism. Whatever your need may be, please come to the front as we stand and sing.